Hello everyone, here. After this episode's discussion on names and a few more unrecorded conversations, I've decided to stop putting the name on the internet. You will hear no more. Hey, Zach. Hey. So last week, you, not last week, you know, long ago, in the days of yore. It's been so long. It's been so long. You asked me if I would rather be able to fly or be able to turn invisible. And I think I said invisible. Yes, you did. Okay. And you challenged me to see if I could like come up with the type of person who would be, who would choose which. Yeah, right. And I did very well. I can't articulate it, but I asked all of my roommates which they would choose with a a hypothesis already in my head. Okay. And all of my roommates fit my hypothesis. (laughs) The other day, I met a guy. I talked to him for like five minutes. And then I said, by the way, which superpower would you choose? I confirmed that hypothesis. Nice. There was one person that I got wrong. Not a roommate, but somebody that one of my roommates knows. And she was up here to hang out. And so I think what happened is that I only know her in the context of this roommate oh okay yeah so i anticipated it would be the roommate's answer and it was not uh i asked my roommates as well i didn't have a hypothesis in mind but i just kind of guessed okay i didn't have a reason for it um i was wrong about one but you gotta gotta get to know your roommates better steven yeah do trust falls (laughs) i don't trust trust falls right no that's not a story to tell me that's a story that is my fault isn't it um i were you there it's possible yeah i thought i thought it was the year after nope i was present at that event oh yeah Uh, you were you were you were (laughs) yeah yeah i did trust ball with zach and he dropped me i it was not a me dropping you thing it was just i don't know if everyone just thought it would be funny or if we just all weren't paying attention i usually go with the latter but yeah i was on a table above some wood chips uh, like a picnic table and we were doing the trust fall thing and uh i got up it was my turn i went up there and i leaned back and i hit the ground It was quite surprising. I can't, like, remember many things, like many events with a picture, but I there's a picture tied to that moment of you, like, <laughs> three quarters of the way down to the ground. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, uh, there were some hands on me. It just was not nearly enough to catch me. Yeah. So some people were paying attention. Most were not. I'm going to go with the paying attention because it makes me feel better. Okay. That's, yeah, I, I think it's that. <laughs> I I don't remember what the thought was behind that it. That would be a great time to have a flying superpower. Right. Yeah, that's what that's the other thing <laughs> is if you could fly or use case. turn invisible, trust falls would be a lot easier or a lot harder. <laughs> invisible trust fall you have to trust that they're falling <laughs> as well your invisible roommate from somewhere within the room shouts trust fall and you need to dive to where the voice <laughs> came from to try and catch them oh that's the worst game ever <laughs> um so so what did your roommates say as far as why they wanted those superpowers um, Uh, One was similar to me, which was like, I could just not be there, which is preferred sometimes. Mm -hmm. And uh, the other one that I asked said that flying just seems inconvenient and they thought they could do more with with invisibility more like you where you just you didn't really have a use case it was just in theory this is more useful Mm -hmm. oh one one sided being uh quote a nosy bitch did i I say cited there yeah i think cited works okay cool that's what i meant to say but i wasn't sure i said that okay i think you said cited i think you're good i think words still work how we expect them to But do names still work how we expect them to? I'm dumb, Zach. Last time we talked about changing my name as far as the school and my baristas were concerned, but I put my but I put my real name into the world all the time. Like right. on this podcast yeah. or my website or my Twitter. Well, but the podcast, the Twitter, and the website are all separated from your face. Right. But they're not separated from like uh, a housing lookup, like a phone book or whatever they people do these days. Okay. So what I should do is change my legal name to and use as, as if it were a fake name. This sounds so elaborate. Okay, keep going. No, it's less elaborate because now, so all the things I want to keep private, I will use my legal name, but all the things I have to deal with on a daily basis will be under my birth name, but not my legal name. So wait, so what's the like goal? What's the outcome of this if it goes perfectly? 
if it goes perfectly, if someone knows me uh, by a public pers- persona, they'll know me as... Mm. But if they know me privately, they'll know me as... So if you want to figure out where I live, you'll look for... And if you uh, want to know my website, you'll go to... I think what you should actually do <laughs> is change both. <laughs> Change your public and your <laughs> private names. But no, I, I'm building up a brand. As That's the whole point of changing my legal name. I think you're early enough in your career that you could change your name. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the Actors Guild recently. Okay. And how just like you need to say, this is my name for my career for the rest of my life. Anytime I'm in a movie, it's going to be as Jimbo or whatever. Right. James T. Schneider. And like you, you just lock in right there. But it doesn't have to be your actual name. It's just your professional name. Right. Yeah. So you're exactly. saying you want to, you're saying it would be less work to keep your professional name what it is now. Right. And change your like sensitive information private name. Yes. In the eyes of the law. If I was thinking ahead, I would have just done that. I would have said, okay, this is my professional name. Okay. But but I didn't do that, and I'm building up a brand for myself here. I, I'm still not sure how built your brand is. I think if you're going to be able to choose a name, it could be like Daryl Awesome or something. Which is like... <laughs> no, it's a good, memorable name. I think Daryl Awesome is a more memorable name, though. Yeah, but it doesn't sound like a real name. Right, so it's more memorable. <laughs> I don't need to be memorable. I, wa- I want to connect with my audience, Zach. I can't be under a pseudonym. <laughs> Uh, I, or a bad pseudonym, rather. I just rather. got whiplash. <laughs> so what you're saying is you already have submitted the paperwork, but you're not going to tell me ever. Because no. then I would slip up like 10 <laughs> times per podcast. Oh, come on. If, if Brady can call uh, CGP Grey, CGP Grey all the time on a podcast, you can figure out how to call me <laughs> because you've known me as <laughs> forever. I would exclusively refer to you as dude or man in, in any context ever. <laughs> you don't know which uh, name my roommates use, yeah. so you just don't ask. My guy, is he here? The dude, I came here to see him. <laughs> Extreme pronoun gaming. So added an added benefit to... Just changing my legal name yeah. is that I'm already used to people calling me and I won't have to retrain myself. Okay. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. And so you would just need to make sure you get ahead because like your W-2s would still say your legal name. They would always stay, say my legal name. You're correct. So you would need to just get ahead and make sure that wherever you're working or wherever you're at has a preferred names policy. Uh, yeah, right. What if... That makes sense, yeah. Okay, what if the IRS wants to send you your tax returns in the mail? They would send it to my legal name. And what if I want to send you a letter in the mail? You would also use my legal name because that's what my home address is under. Okay, but like fan mail would be (laughs) at a P.O. box. Exactly. I think you're a weird dude, (laughs) but I think that the plan seems watertight at least. Good, good. You can call me whatever you want. You've known me as for how many years? Yeah, if you were, if you were, you know, if you were Daryl Awesome, then I wouldn't be able to tell people about like the myth of <laughs> that is still sort of embedded in my head from freshman year of high school. <laughs> then I'd have to tell people the myth of Daryl Awesome. Would you? Would you change your legal name to something fun like that? No. Or you'd just be like Jim Smith. I mean, hmm, now that I'm thinking about it, maybe I want to make it something ridiculous so that I'm not tempted to tell people. Okay. Like, if my name was, um, oh god, okay, I can only, like, get ideas from the things around me, so sound foamington. Okay. I was thinking manhole waffles. Yeah, exactly. If my name was man, if I changed it to manhole waffles, then I wouldn't be tempted to tell the people at my place of business, like my real name and (laughs) screw up the whole system. My uh, legal name, I should say. But to the IRS, I am manhole waffles because who cares what the IRS thinks? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I think just because I want you to and not necessarily because it's a good uh, (laughs) a good idea. You should go with something closer to manhole waffles than Jim Smith. Because also you'll hear yourself saying it and you'll be like, wait, no, I never say those words together. But like, (laughs) I've heard of a Jim Smith before, but no one says manhole waffles in a sentence. So that must be my name, I guess. And I'm not supposed to say that. 
Yeah. Uh, a downside to manhole waffles is that uh, that would be the thing on my driver's license. <laughs> and I would... I do have to show that to people occasionally. Could you get your like student ID reprinted with your preferred name? Mm-hmm. There's a $25 fee, which seems a little ridiculous to me, but I don't know. If it's only the once, mm-hmm. it's not too bad. It is just a piece of plastic though, so. You probably have to like go and manually edit some databases or something. <laughs> I'm imagining a conversation between me and whoever I'm going to have to talk to about this. Okay, yeah, can I just get my student ID reprinted? Yeah, that'll be $25 in three days. Why does it take so long? Well, we have to manually edit the magnetic tape with <laughs> strong magnet pens. We've just got those like sizzler magnet egg things that you would buy yeah. <laughs> when you were going on a 20 hour trip to Wyoming in the car to annoy your mm-hmm. parents. And they just have to kind of run, run it over the little bit of tape that says your name. Speaking of magnets, so I have a laptop, and when you, like, bring the two shells of the laptop together, they click close with magnets, because there's magnets on both ends of it, and I have a phone that I guess has a magnet in it, because anytime I accidentally put my phone too close to the laptop magnets, the screen shuts off. (laughs) Which must be for, like, one of those flip-over folio cases, like, the magnet's supposed to tell you if it's covered or not. Right, yeah. But it ends up just locking sometimes. That's awesome. The MacBooks, Zach, uh, ha- hashtag security news. Oh, I, I've been very, very far outside of the hashtag security news bubble because you haven't been telling me anything. Yeah, I've also been mostly outside the bubble because I've gotten bored of listening to Steve Gibson talk about it. Um, anyway, the new MacBook Airs have a thing. I think it's a new MacBook Airs. The T2? Don't quote me on that. Yeah, yes, but the cool thing that I'm going to tell you about is the microphone, yes! which has a, has, a, has a hardware disconnect. So if you close the laptop lid, the microphone is disconnected from everything. Yes. Sometimes if I'm grumpy at people <laughs> uh, who have stickers on their laptops, cameras, mm-hmm. I will remind them that the microphone, you can't <laughs> put a sticker over that. And they're like, well... Um, so that's that's very refreshing to know that there is that hardware disconnect. I was legitimately considering before I got this laptop, there's a laptop that some company kickstarted and it has an actual physical hardware switch on the side for turning on and off the camera and turning on and off the onboard microphone. Nice. But what if you overdrive the circuits, Zach? Uh, yeah, overdi- overdrive the circuits, make a make a jump bridge to the to the T4 floppy <laughs> hardware disconnect. Route it through the mainframe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, what were you saying about your your phone? Oh, yeah, the magnets in my phone. Mm-hmm. I could use them, but I, I only ever have them uh, frustrate me. But that's because I want to be using my phone for things, and my phone is is like sometimes the most convenient place to put it because for the things that i want to use it for is on top of where my computer is which part of this is lame the fact that i want to use my phone yeah for things that i use it for what what is this 1930 (laughs) i've i've been like honest to god phone calling people it's been strange Mm. do you do much facetime zach i don't have an eye device do you do much off-brand video chats the most regular video chat i do is with you Aha, uh-huh. via Skype. Yeah. And not on your phone. Right. Yeah, I don't know. I video chatted on my phone when I was in Sweden, just because it was the easiest way to stay in contact with people while I was still like making food or whatever. Mm-hmm. But now if I'm going to call somebody, it's just like to catch up and to sit down and to talk, talk about stuff. So it's it doesn't need to be as mobile. All right. So I don't use my phone to FaceTime, but what do you use your phone for? <laughs> wow, thanks for asking, Zach. I was just gonna, uh, I just wanted to tell you about how I've been using my phone. That's crazy convenient how it worked out. <laughs> I have been using my phone less. Yeah. I use it for basically three things. Because about two months ago, I took all the games and social media off of my phone. Mm-hmm. I kept podcasts, um, messaging apps, and utilities. Okay. So, and what I guess first of all, what was the your this is the the semester of rules. So, what was the rationale? What were the steps that led to you doing that? Right. So, 
CGP Grey pointed out that I'm never bored is basically the rationale, which is uh, the phone is offering constant stimuli mm. and that may or may not have negative effects on a person's brain. We just don't know enough about it yet. Uh, yeah, we don't know enough about it yet and is and if and if it does turn out to be bad if there's a triple double turns out and mm-hmm. this is like oh yeah social media is awful for you long run like i don't want to be the one who is like that's i can't do that nope just going to ignore that science because i don't because i am i can't be without social media i think even without like the science behind you the intuition just says that social media is not like a thing that our brains are set up to handle yeah so like back when we were living in tribes when the majority of the planet was living in ch- tribes i should mm-hmm. say back when you and i <laughs> individually we <laughs> Back when the majority of the planet was living in tribes, we could talk to like 10, 20 people at a time. Yeah. And if it got to be more than that, it was like, well, someone's about to die. Mm Mm-hmm. So in these day, this day and age, back when, back in my day, we couldn't talk to anyone. But nowadays, we can talk to seventeen people at the same time, not in a separately, I should say. Yeah. And we can see what they're doing, and we are looking at what they're doing in a lot of detail, mm-hmm. and it gives us a sense of socialness with these people. Hence, social media. Yeah. But there's a lot of it, and there's a basically endless amount of it. That is, in in general, endless amounts of things are not good for the brain or humans in general. Right, yeah. Yeah, unlimited breadsticks are great, but should you? Yes. Um, <laughs> just to, to clarify, are you saying that connectedness is bad? No, I am saying that uh, too much connectedness is could be bad. Okay, but there's a limit. It It's good, but then you hit some fall-off limit, and then it starts going back down again. I think that's my theory. And if, and if someone publishes something and says, this is definitive, it's definitive that social media can't hurt you in any way and is, and is only good. Mm-hmm. Which seems unlikely. Yeah. And, and I'm not trying to, like, say all social media is bad, but certainly in moderation is the better option. Mm-hmm. And... I wanted to see, like, how how does this affect me if I just remove all the entertainment from my phone and just use it as a one-to-one communication device and podcasts? How does it work? Um, my battery is great. <laughs> But, um, no, I mean, it's, it's really hard. Uh, like, uh, let me read the rest of this, what I was going to say. Okay. Uh, and then I'll get back to that. So right now, the main things I use this phone for are podcasts, texting, weather, and a calculator. And texting is the only one of those things that I can't do on my watch very easily, at least. Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to figure out a way to reduce the need to do that for that. Not the need for it, but the burden of texting via a watch. Gotcha. And you have one of the the fun, fancy voice watches that you can talk to? Yes, I can talk to my watch. So I wrote all that on a Friday afternoon after a really good session of studying and a lot of caffeine. And as I write what I'm about to say next, it was a Saturday morning and I'm listening to to a podcast and trying desperately not to reinstall Instagram. Okay. So uh, on Friday, I unpaired my Bluetooth headphones from my phone and connected them to my watch so that I can see if it's it's a pain to just listen to things via the watch. Oh, yeah, because it's the future now and they've got iOS 12. Yeah, exactly. And overcast. Yeah. Um, and so far, I've been mostly asking myself, like, wait, why did I do this again? Why do I even want to leave my phone at home while I go to school or whatever I want to do? Mm-hmm. And I guess the answer is to prove that I can or to break my reliance on the phone. Okay. But maybe this is just the way the world is moving and all I'm doing is making my life harder. Right. So, yeah, I took all my social media apps uh, off the phone because I wanted to be bored, I guess. Yeah. I <laughs> Like, I was bored for the first week and then i found just different ways to entertain myself granted they're much more productive ways Mm -hmm. i'll like writing this was a way to cure the boredom but yeah it's not it's still not boredom not like the original reason for taking the apps off the phone it's not the i have nothing else to think about so I'll, i'll invent the cure for cancer or whatever Okay. Uh, I told myself that I'd keep my keep social media off my phone until 2019, so I'm going to do that. 
Maybe come January, I'll have a whole new perspective on social media and I won't want to come back. Uh, maybe I'll come back and use it differently, and maybe I'll come back and use it even more. There is that, like, I do want to reinstall Instagram frequently. I want to see what my friends are doing. I want to post things and want the dopamine when I see the notifications that 17 people liked my post. Hmm. Blog. You got to blog. Blog the pain away. <laughs> Okay, so uh, my tangent, and then I'll get to my actual thoughts on what you were saying. I've been cluing in more to like the indie web, which is just people being like, hey, man, Facebook is just like basically the whole internet at this point. And that's a a problem because I Mm -hmm. don't trust Facebook. And also they're stealing my data. And I want to be able to choose like how that works and don't want them to track me from website to website and whatever sounds like me um and so they're like making their own blogs or their own there's something called notes which is kind of the parallel to tweets um and it's this weird mishmash of like terribly thrown together things but i think it has it's a cool idea at the core and i want to get more involved in that community because i think it's a, a noble goal of divesting yourself from those silos of content to more personal things right i've actually been thinking like i said before the one thing that's keeping me on facebook is the events feature Mm -hmm. and that like if my friend has a thing they want to invite me to they can send it to me but not only that facebook can recommend hey you are a coffee person so do you want to go to this coffee showing it uh whatever collectivo on sunday Mm -hmm. and their their recommendation algorithm can point me in a certain direction and i'm I just started questioning myself the other day whether that recommendation algorithm is inherently worse or better than word of mouth. Like if my friend knew that I was a coffee person, they could also tell me about this coffee event. Right. But your friend would also have to know about the coffee event and Facebook is all knowing. Right. But I don't know. I don't think that trusting Facebook to provide me with the events is the way that I want to run my life. It's just that it's that network effect. So I, I would need to convince my other friends who like have bands <laughs> to post about it somewhere other than Facebook. And that's people like change, Zach. It'll be easy. Yeah, it's super easy. People also like the the nitty gritty of setting up your own website is always really fun. Mm-hmm. Which brings us to our next sponsor. Squarespace. I was going to say Linode and Hover and AWS and... <laughs> That's good. Um, what's the the HTTPS one? Let's Encrypt. Let's Encrypt. Yeah, they're also sponsoring. It's a it's a group sponsor, and also <laughs> WordPress.org. And uh, it's real easy. You just combine all these things in just the right way. But I think there is like a lot of the indie web stuff can work just out of the box with WordPress. But I think it just there's like that's one step too far. I think the other part is mm-hmm. it makes the costs bear what like what it actually is to own your own server and to own your data and to not be getting it for free because you're giving up your information for advertisers to throw bullshit at you and seeing those costs and seeing like for me my own website isn't much but it's like three dollars a month or something and just saying yep i want this i want to keep spending three dollars a month for a thing that currently has three links on it because i'm lazy and doing school (laughs) so anyway that was my tangent about the indie web Right. And that all makes sense. And you'll probably hear more about that from me because I've been thinking about it for like two years now and just started getting into it in the last couple months. Now back to what you were saying. I tried a similar thing. I deleted Twitter and Instagram off my phone. YouTube's still on there, which means that I don't help my case at all. And I just scroll through YouTube too much. So I think my my information diet was not whole enough right right and i just replaced my my twitter sugar with youtube stevia and it's still bad (laughs) for me in a different way right um and then slowly like web twitter creep back into my life web twitter yeah web twitter yeah you just open up chrome and you type twitter into the browser and bam now you're on twitter web twitter yes keep saying it incredulously because i am indeed incredulous you're incredulous why because it's awful that's why Yeah. Don't tell me it's not awful because it being awful is the only thing keeping me from not being on Twitter. (laughs) I don't mind it much. I think my my craving for the dopamine of seeing whatever whatever snarky thing about Jeff Sessions, the onion just tweeted overpowers 
That was a good headline. It was a very good headline. The Onion's had some killers the last couple days. It's been good. Anyway, that over- overpowers my desire to not get sucked back into Twitter. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, I open up Instagram on Chrome when somebody says, hey, I just posted a picture. You should check it out. I go, I check out the picture, and I close it. Okay, interesting. Which is very different from how I interact with the app of Instagram. Which is, A, it's got the messages. So every once in a while, I have to reinstall it just because somebody's like, hey, I sent you this Instagram thing as a message, and I don't have the guts to tell them that I'm just one of the weird hermits who decided to live my life off of Instagram. (laughs) Um, So I re-download it, and I look at the message, and then immediately, I will click on the Explore page and start scrolling. And after five (laughs) minutes, I'll say, hey, wait, this isn't why I downloaded this app, and then I will re-uninstall it. It's so interesting to me that the web version of Instagram doesn't have those same really quick pathways of just my Mm -hmm. thumb will hit the explore page if it is there. That's interesting. My other point outside of the web Instagram stuff is you were saying that you weren't achieving the boredom that you were shooting for at the beginning. And I think it's good to recognize that you aren't hitting the goal that you set for yourself at the beginning, but I also don't think that you can't reshape the goal. I think a goal of spending no, your time more wisely or something seems like you're meeting that unless you mm-hmm. think that you're losing something by not being on Twitter. It, I don't know if I am. I'm trying to think rationally about it. And I don't mean like Spock rationally, but like actually rationally. I'm trying to think. Isn't Spock actually with, rationally? No, he's like, you should read the rationality from AI to zombies. Um, because like he makes fun of Spock a lot. Okay. Because he's supposed to be a completely rational, but like acting without emotion is not necessarily rational. Oh, it's just because. Yeah. So like, is this ma- if the goal is to make myself happier or healthier, and they go hand in mm-hmm. hand, I think to some degree. If that's the goal, then your emotions are important. So thinking rationally it, in this context would be saying okay, do I actually think that reinstalling Twitter is a good idea? Or is it just um, an addictive meat brain? Mm -hmm. And it's very hard to tell the difference between the two. Okay. So that's why I think the 2019 goal will stay for sure. Because I think three months away from a thing is enough time to judge whether or not I actually want to do, whether or not I actually need it or um, even want it. I think I might be able to solve some of my Twitter problems if I made a just post client. There's got to be some already. Well, I'm I'm also thinking about that in the terms of the indie web and like eventually doing it for oh, myself. Yes, yes. And, but yeah, there's probably one that's already made for Twitter. I could set up a micro blog and just have that and have a um IFTTT to post it to Twitter. Yes, micro blog is a indie web thingama. Yeah, or like just a blog and have that post to Twitter, but just keep it under 240 characters all the time. Right. Okay, actually, so I've been thinking about this. There is something called okay. the note in the indie web parlance, and that's the effectively, like it's short, whether it's 240 characters or whatever your limit is that you're setting yourself to, but it's usually not like a whole blog post on how I made a toaster strudel or whatever. I, I don't read <laughs> blogs much. <laughs> How I changed my name to manhole. Yeah. <laughs> I Wow, I said those words, manhole waffle, and I wasn't, like, processing how ridiculous that was. <laughs> Let's change it to person hole. <laughs> um, so anyway, it's an RSS reader, but it has a, a maximum limit on the amount of characters in the thing that comes through. So it's nice. a... a filtered rss reader that's my idea all right we're in the million dollar ideas segment um okay that those were my notes my last thing was along with youtube i uninstalled twitter and then installed a Picross game because i missed pokemon Picross on the nintendo 3ds oh Picross is so great but it had a whole bunch of ads and it was just like you couldn't close out of the ads without opening the ad the way that the because like you gotta mm. try and swipe up but then you swipe up and you hit the ad and it's a whole mess yeah um so anyway that's back off my phone because it's not actually satisfying but i do miss the pokemon pie cross and if someone gave me a device <laughs> that i could just play pokemon pie cross on get a 3ds for, like i'm not gonna buy one 3ds's are like 200 bucks or something oh i see yeah you don't want pie cross that much no, I 
Uh, I took games. Games are included with uh, social media for the same boredom reasons. I still have Pokemon Go on my phone because I feel like that's you can't just sit there and zone out to Pokemon Go for half an hour. It's designed to right. be right. more than that. Yeah, active engagement and such. Boy, I don't know. Like it, every time I see someone on Instagram, and I'm just sitting there, like, okay, got to remind myself that it's okay to be bored. It's okay to be bored. It's okay to be bored. I think for me, I every time I see someone on Instagram, I get like I remember very vividly the shame I felt every time I lost half an hour to Instagram more than I remember <laughs> feeling good about Instagram. Yeah, I'm not doing this because I think because because there is an active problem in my life. I'm doing this because in there is the potential to be a problem in the future, and that just feels it makes it much harder for me. And I'm sure there are listeners to this podcast who are like, you "Guys are dumb. Just don't use social media. It's not that hard. I do it." And to that, I would say, congratulations. But also, your experience is not universal. Yeah, basically in less harsh terms i think those were relative like they were neutral terms congratulations was kind of passive aggressive i'm i'm playing it back in my head and congratulations was a passive aggressive way to put it but yeah it, it, like i'm thinking about my dad my dad listens to the yeah. podcast and if you told him to if you told him that twitter was going to have a negative effect on his life he would be like okay twitter's gone what does he do with his time then we got to bring your dad on as the first <laughs> the first guest and be like hey man what do you do with your time what do you do when you're bored and you can't open up pokemon pycross and or twitter on the web Wh- what do you do <laughs> i have no idea post it tell it tell us in the reddit I, I, what you do what the heck you do with your time if you're steven's dad <laughs> I don't have a, a good answer to someone who is like, oh, social media is easy to get rid of. You just stop using it. It is not that easy, is all I have to say. Gotta shut my brain up somehow. Yeah. I have two more thoughts on phones that aren't directly related to this information diet thing. Um, but you, your, okay. your prompt in the show notes was how we use our phones in every day. That's what it was going to be, but it okay. didn't turn into that when I wrote it. One thought is I do text message, like texting and messaging and stuff. But a problem that I'm having now is that I'm in too many group chats that are in the same communication medium as the non-group chats. And if hmm. my partner sends me something and says, hey, hey, what's up? Or, hey, do we have milk at home already? Or whatever it is, it's under three notifications from like the giant meme group chat that I'm a part of that I don't care if I see something immediately. But then I need to click on that or else I'm not going to see my partner's notifications. Yeah. There's no way to do priority notifications on your phone. Not from the same app as far as I'm aware. Not like yeah, from Snapchat. I didn't think so. Um, and then also, do you sleep track with your phone? I sleep track with my watch. Okay. Yeah. It's more accurate because it can take my, my uh, pulse or whatever. Uh, yeah. On, on the subject of group chats, for some reason, they're different. Even if I had a group chat with all of my Twitter followers, it would feel different than posting on Twitter. I think part of it is the ownership of the space. Hmm. But like Facebook still owns the space. But it doesn't feel like Facebook is a part of the space. When you're on Twitter, hmm. you mm-hmm. feel Twitter's presence in every interaction. Oh God, I just had a terrible thought. So, you know, like Twitter isn't chronological and they made <laughs> that decision a long time ago. That, but for group chats. Oh no. Oh, it's it's scary because I could see me in a different yeah. universe saying, yeah, that seems like a good idea. I get a lot of group chats and I want to know what the good stuff was. Yeah. And Facebook can say, oh, Zach wants to get this notification from his partner, but not necessarily from this group chat or maybe just the good stuff from the group chat. Oh, man, it's actually not a bad idea. That's why it's scary. Because then it doesn't feel like you own the community anymore. Nope. I don't think that's all of it. I think there's more to it than that. I think. That it doesn't feel as much like a feed in a group chat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you put everything in bubbles, it sounds like a conversation now. You've got to make a Twitter client that just puts everything in little <laughs> chat bubbles. And only your <laughs> tweets are the little gray ones from the right. Problem solved. Have you read the, the thing on how people with iPhones... So if you have an iPhone, when you're messaging with other people using iMessage, the bubble is blue... And when you're messaging with people Mm -hmm. without iMessage, the bubble is green, regardless of whether they have an iPhone or not. Yeah, so if you're you're sending a text, it's green if you're using the carrier. But most people, like if you just ask them who that color is applied to, they'll say it's on all the messages from the other person. 
Right, but it yeah, but it's right, on the messages right. that you're sending because it's a quality of it's it's an indicator of how that message you're sending is being sent. Mm-hmm. But so many people just attribute it to oh, that means they have this phone that they assume it's a quality of the other person's the bad bubble. phones. Yeah, <laughs> that's interesting. Never thought about that before. I attribute the green bubbles to less good phones because the the process of sending a text versus an iMessage is very clunky. Why? Because everything's very smooth with iMessage. It's like, I don't know, for some reason it just like works very like you push the button, it goes whoop, and then they get the message. With text, it's like click the button, wait a second, wait for the towers to connect or whatever, and then it goes bloop, and then it and then you, you have no indication of whether or not they received the thing. Okay. It just feels different. It Like that extra half second of waiting for the text to send it makes it seem like, oh, this mm-hmm. phone sucks. Versus an iMessage, which is just bloops. Which is, again, a quality of your phone that it takes time to send text messages. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think the the thought is definitely uh, obvious. This is fairly obvious. This isn't groundbreaking. But the the thought is... I'm sending this to Zach, and this doesn't happen when I send it to someone with an iPhone. So, Zach, where do you keep your phone? In my pocket. In your pocket. You know, Big Dairy has pockets, too. Right. Big, big pockets from all the, all the milk money. Big pockets. So, Wisconsin got a new governor, Zach. Right. Duly elected. Tim Even. <laughs> Tim Even <laughs> is the new governor of Wisconsin. Is he in the pocket of Big Dairy? These are the questions. I don't know. Can we just look up Tony Evers? Because you should just be able to look up like which packs contributed to somebody. Um, campaign funds. In theory, in theory, they the dairy dairy should give money to Scotty W, but that's not always the case. Okay, so Tony Evers accepted nine million dollars for his campaign. The largest contributors were the Wisconsin Democratic Party, Mandela Barnes, his running mate, a local engineers union, the laborers union, the educators union, the pipe trades association, (laughs) the International Brotherhood of Teamsters, uh, teachers, food and commercial workers. So he's in the pocket of big McDonald's employees. (laughs) Democratic redistricting committee himself. He contributed $50,000 to his own campaign. Uh, teachers. This makes it seem like Tony uh, Evans is not in the pocket of Big Dairy. Right, it looks like it. Although he is in the pocket of the guy who founded the business school at on campus at UWM. Hmm, pocket of big business. Uh, pocket of big business school, which is kind of his whole deal, is the, the education part of it. <laughs> so I'm not surprised. Herb Cole. Okay, I'm going to look up Scott Walker then and see. Agriculture was a larger contributor to Scott Walker, it looks like, I think. it's This website is very hard to tell anything from. Top donors. Live journalism, folks. <laughs> uh, the Republican. Ooh, a whole bunch of unitemized deno- de- donations. That's Big Dairy being sneaky. Uh, So with the new governor, Zach, do you think we'll get some more equal representation for alternative milk solutions? I hope so. Oh, Wisconsin Farm Bureau donated. Look at that. Big Dairy written all over the place. That's Scott Walker. Yeah. See, they, they, they didn't want Tony Evans to win. So now he's probably against them. Or they're going to just blackmail him now. Do you think Big Dairy could come up with some embarrassing photos? I don't think you need embarrassing photos to to blackmail the governor of Wisconsin into supporting milk. I think you just need to be like, hey, he's the governor of Wisconsin. He's not supporting milk and people will start throwing tomatoes. We have a a very particular identity in this state and it is milk. Fair. So as a constituent of Tony Evers, I best be seeing some alternative milk policies. I also, as a constituent, I'm hoping for some, some dairy alternatives. And now, a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. Bicycles should always cross tracks as upright and as close to a 90-degree angle as possible. This has been a PSA from the Worrying Bugs. This sideways bicycling.
<laughs> bicycle on the wall. Uh, no, it's... What does this mean? Why, why is this a thing that we need to say out loud? Um, because Milwaukee just got a streetcar, and the streetcar has rails. And if you try and cross parallel to the rails, your bicycle wheels will go in the rail grooves. Okay, but upright? Yeah, like, t- don't lean hard, because then your wheels will get stuck in the rail grooves and you'll flop over. Oh, okay. I see. What did, what did you think they meant? Well, always cross, cross the tracks upright sounds like people are crossing the tracks like at a 45 degree angle <laughs> or like, like you said, on a wall or something. And I'm like, that's just not an issue. I mean, it's an issue. It's hard. There's like three blocks of it where they don't have a bicycle route. And I, I don't know where you're supposed to put your wheels because you can't put them by the track and you can't. But they added the first bus bulb in the city and I'm happy about that. So everything else nice. is is secondary to the now now precedented existence of a bus bulb in this this city so i can fight using that <laughs> as precedent for a bus bulb by the school cuz i don't want to have to park my bike behind the bus when it stops right in front of the school cuz i want to keep moving speaking of being very mad at buses greyhound is a sham it's a it's a bad they don't actually take you where you want to go. They just sit you in a bus for a half hour and drop you off where you left off. It's like um the Helen Keller, that story about Helen Keller. I don't know that one. Oh, um yeah, so Helen Keller she like was too reliant on her parents or something because she was blind and also deaf. Just move out already. Gosh. And so they like got her a tutor, but she wouldn't listen to the tutor cuz she like wanted her parents to be there or something. So they were like, "Okay, we're going to send you away and it's going to be hours away." And so they built a little cabin right behind their house, put her in a horse and carriage oh with the tutor, <laughs> and then they went in circles around the, the village they were in until eventually they just came right back to the little cottage right by her house. Hmm. Okay, I guess I have a question then. Why not just take her to an actual cabin in the woods? I don't remember the reason. There was some reasoning, but maybe they could afford the land right behind their house and not an hour away maybe so anyway greyhound doesn't quite do that but they do jerk you around in other ways <laughs> i was mad about this like three weeks ago and so now i've got to re-drum up the anger <laughs> reread your journal entries get mad again so i went back up to our old high school to help him out with the the camera setup that i like pioneered and then left without giving anyone instructions for uh so i went back up because i was like hey maybe that's a bad idea and i can give them some instructions and one of the teachers wanted instructions so i wanted to go back up but to get to rosendale wisconsin there's there's no way to do that for me because i don't own a car and the buses only go to fond du lac so i was like whatever i'll (laughs) i can maybe talk somebody else into driving me from fond du lac So I started to book my Greyhound ticket from Milwaukee to Fond du Lac, but it turns out they recently changed up their schedule, and now there's only one bus every day at 3 p.m., which on this particular day, I had class. So the plan was I would be able to take the bus up and then hang out for the weekend and then come back down like on Sunday. Um, But I needed to go up there on Mm -hmm. the Friday, but on the Friday, I had a thing going on at 3 and the bus left at 3. So I got very disgruntled because like, what the heck, you used to have a couple different times that I could go back up to Fond du Lac. And then I, you know, whatever, I was tired. So I went to bed. And then the next day I realized that maybe I could go up and then take the bus back down. So I looked up on my phone to confirm that that would work. And it would have. But I didn't like buy the thing because I was in class when I thought of that. And I was just like quick checking that it would work on my phone. And then I was done. So I got home and I was about to buy the bus ticket. Mm -hmm. So I open up Greyhound. It autofills all of my old information. And I'm like, yep, Fond du Lac, Milwaukee, those are locations. Next, next purchase. And the second that I clicked purchase, I was like, oh no, this was autofilled from a day ago. And all of their dumb, dark patterns were just like, hey, dude, you just want to click this button. And this is the next button. Don't think about, don't check this information over. Just (laughs) click yes, click yes, click yes, click yes. So I had a bus going the wrong direction. And I was like, whatever, it's been a minute, maybe. I should be able to call somebody up and say, hey, I made a mistake. This is the same price, the same route, just the other direction on a different day. I should be able to change it Mm -hmm. because their buses are never totally jam-packed. So it's not like I'm stealing a seat from someone. So I call them up and they have me go through this whole rigmarole and... They don't give me an option to change or to refund or whatever, because the moment I clicked done, that was it. I was done. Really? That's crazy. And I was like, whatever, I'll just go. Oh, no. 
because there's no freaking other way to get anywhere in Wisconsin but Greyhound. <laughs> so they have this this dumb monopoly on non-car transit throughout the state, and I can't be angry at them because I need to continue using their service. So anyway, my million-dollar business idea is we build a better goddamn bus service than f***ing Greyhound. Amtrak. Not a bus, but I I dig it. I was going to, I have a, a document saved to my computer about the importance of transit in rural America, and I was going to read it <laughs> for the show, but I forgot. I agree, Zach, that this is an issue, but my, my thought is that Gr- Greyhound probably is not even with their monopoly, is not doing super well. Right. And making any competition at all will be next to impossible. Not because Greyhound will just lower their prices and keep us and kick us out of the market. But because it's a very hard problem to solve. Yes. <laughs> I was afraid you'd say that. Okay, here's the idea. Uber, but for long-haul truckers. Oh, okay. So somebody already has a truck cab and they're already going up. So it's more like, um, like Zipcar. Uh, sure i don't know what zipcar is zipcar is a car rental service but also on the side they have like you can just have a message board to carpool with people so it's like what uber was initially billed as of just being like oh it makes it easier to carpool and not hey let's double the double the amount of miles traveled per trip because somebody's got to drive to you and then drive you where you want to go and that doubles but it's so convenient zach it's so bad it's so dumb it literally doubles the amount of cars on the road but it's so convenient uh you can walk a god consumer to the bus stop i know i'm clipping i don't care at this point uh, I've used Uber once, and it was really? when you and I went to Indiana. That's weird that I've used Uber more than you. That's a weird feeling. <laughs> I'm just really okay with walking everywhere. Yeah. I don't use the buses either. Which is fine, especially in Madison. It's so... Yeah. I went to a place down in, like, South Milwaukee the <laughs> other day, and it took an hour by bus. Probably a 15-minute Uber ride, though. Uh, half hour. Still. Right, but then I can... Uh... <laughs> Zag, the gig economy is the future, whether you like it or not. I don't like it. I don't like it either, but it's the future. Because you know what? There are three sides of the triangle of uh, capitalism. There are the people who own the business, the people who work the business, and the people who consume the business. Okay. And gig economy is great for the people who consume and the people who own, and not great for the people who work. Okay. But the only people who care are the people who own and the people who consume. That's why gig economy is the future, and it's terrible for anyone who works in the gig economy. I don't know enough about economics to dispute that. Doesn't it make sense, though? Like, just on the face of it? Yeah, on the face of it. But it's it's dumb, and it doesn't have to be that way. I mean, it is dumb. It kind of has to be that way, because it's super efficient for the people who pull the levers, and super convenient for the people who give money to the people who pull the levers. I'm just going to move to a country that gives a shit about its citizens who don't have money. <laughs> Those are disappearing. Yeah. <laughs> Zach, if, think about it this way. If everyone has money, you don't need to worry about those people. It's easy. A, trickle-down economics does not work, has never worked, and the guy who came up with it was like, this is crazy, it's probably not going to work. <laughs> I'm not. He was like, I don't know, this might work, but like, don't get too greedy, because this is, this is a house of cards, guys. It's not going to perpetuate itself. Speaking of House of Cards, there's a new season out, and maybe we should change the subject to that. That's a good plan. <laughs> no, go. Zach took his sweatshirt off. I'm ready to hear this rant. No, I took my sweatshirt off because the heater's right next. No, you're, you are getting heated. Right, correct. That's why you took your sweatshirt um, off. I want to hear the rant. I lost my train of thought. It was something about... Oh, okay. Yeah, it's probably edit this out unless it's, it turns into an enthralling discussion, but my next assignment for one of my classes is I have to come up with a society that isn't fucked inform nation do you remember it it's a deep cut yes vaguely let me look up and see what the exact okay envision a remake of society and economics that accommodates the changes brought about by ai machine learning this should address the distribution of aptitudes and skills in the population economic equality and incentives to work overall economic development health of the society and culture in other words how do you make a future you would want to live in uh don't worry about how it gets to this state just imagine a state oh okay and like basically all we've talked about in class so far is just universal basic income Mm. because our professor reads a whole bunch of the wall street journal and that's all they talk about so what's your idea zach i don't i think i think having some fundamental rights of food and water and uh 
place to stay. And then if people want more, they can whatever the fuck they can make crafts and sell them on Etsy or whatever. Like capitalism plus plus. Hear that, everyone? Zach just advocated for the gig economy. I think the gig economy is okay so long as, like, it's not serving every uh, level of the hierarchy of needs. So, what's the difference between crafts and cars? What do you mean? Well, you were cool with uh, with the gig economy for ca- for arts and crafts. I don't but... mind people being private drivers so long as they have health care. <laughs> That's the part of the gig economy I don't fuck with. Remember that time when I was trying to convince everyone that I was chaotic anything on the alignment chart? (laughs) I'm so fucking principled, and I didn't realize it, I think, until I went to Sweden. (laughs) Tell me your principles, Zach. There are some inalienable rights that we aren't acknowledging at the moment, like clean drinking water. So, let me ask you a question. This is mostly for my curiosity, and this will probably all get cut out, but, um... If if you got a universal basic in- income that was enough for, definitely enough for uh, a family of four to uh, eat and live. Like that you and could drink or whatever. You could live for a year on but, that, maybe just eating peanut butter sandwiches half the time or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like not eating well, but eating for sure. So everything works exactly the same as before. Like you pay for your food, you pay for your water, you pay for your housing, except you are receiving money from the government mm-hmm. to do so. That's yeah, that is what universal basic income is. So if that person is unwise with their money, maybe not even to a huge degree, they're not buying Ferraris, they're just eating more than they probably should. And in December, they cannot afford their rent. Yeah, I, I don't know. I What's the solution, I guess? I think the studies have shown, the science has shown that it's cheaper to give people homes than to try any other method to like deal with the homeless population (laughs) okay but like they aren't homeless they're just a month behind on their rent right they did their best but they were uh not misinformed but like or maybe like uh there's a shortage of milk and they're they need milk and the the things at the the estimates at the beginning of the year didn't account for this amount this high price of milk so their their budget for the year from the government is short what what do they do it's the government's fault. What would, in this case, the government it's the government's fault that they don't have enough money. So what's the solution? Or not even the government's fault, but the weather's. I haven't haven't considered that. That's a good point. My professor is an atmospheric scientist. <laughs> so I think I can say it's tied to a cost of living calculation. And we can both just kind of trust the economists to work that out and come to us with more problems. Because, yeah, I'm I'm not saying it's a simple solution, but I think the ideas themselves are simple. All right, so if you're Steven's dad and you want to tell us what the heck it is you'd even do with your time, uh, you can post it about that on the Reddit. If anyone else wants to tell me, uh, I don't know, what we just talked about phones this whole time, um, or buses. If anyone wants to gripe to me about buses... Or if you want to talk to me about changing my name, if you want to, if you have another solution that will be easier than changing my name, my legal name to Manhole Waffle. Manhole Waffles. Yeah, Manhole Waffles. Uh, then reach us on social media. I'm at the...